0: Welcome to On Air in the Cloud, a podcast where we interview people working with the technology in interesting ways. This is episode seven. You are joined by Gregor Sutti and me, Matt Boyd. Uh, this week, Keith is off at a conference in Florida and, and we are talking to uh, Jonah Anderson. Uh, Jonah, please introduce yourself.
1: Yes. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning into this episode today. And uh, thank you also, Matt and Gregor for inviting me on, uh, on this podcast on air in the cloud. So thank you for having me and introduce myself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Jonah Anderson from uh, Sweden. I work as uh, a day job. I work as a senior uh, Azure consultant at Solidify. It's a IT consulting company in Sweden. And I also uh, started up a new company called Jonah Anderson, the tech that focuses on Azure training. So I do that. And outside work, I am very active in the community as a Microsoft MVP speaking in conferences, leading uh, uh, Azure User Group Sweden, which is a community I started during the COVID times. And I uh, aside from that, um, uh, writing my book and other community stuff that I'm passionate about <laughs> that you see around. Awesome. Yeah, so that's me, the short version. <laughs> yeah,
2: awesome. So you're very busy, Jonah. That's good to see in here. um, So you recently joined Solidify. Tell us a lot about uh, what you did before that and and how's the job going now
1: yeah, so I recently joined uh, solidify just in august and uh before that uh I worked in other consulting company uh i t consulting so I've been an i t consultant for the past uh seven eight years and what I do as an i t consultant uh it's uh first from the beginning i Really focus on full stack development with uh, .NET and C sharp, and working with Azure. And then recently, for the past two to three years, I've transitioned to fifty percent developer role, and then uh, most, uh, and then fifty uh, percent or more than fifty percent uh, working with cloud uh, cloud development and cloud infrastructure with Azure and DevOps. So I'm leading, I'm a kind of like DevOps lead and uh, in infrastructure lead in my consulting uh, client right now. So I'm pretty much everywhere depending on how, how you need me, you know, consultant. <laughs> so that's what I, what I do
0: nice cool so uh, uh, alongside your your day job um you also have your own podcast um c- can you tell us a, a bit more about uh that
1: yes i do i do so it's interesting to be in the podcast while you yourself is a podcaster also <laughs> yeah so i do have uh, i co-host a podcast called extend women uh, in tech podcast uh it is uh a podcast that i run on our free time, my free time with another uh, developer in Sweden, she is a front end developer. And we collaborated uh, to keep the podcast active. Uh, And our mission is to interview uh, women in tech, not just women in tech, but everybody in the tech industry that uh, has interesting tech success stories to share. And the purpose of the podcast is not just hear about the stories that inspire others to get into the IT industry and make the love what we do, of course, but also to highlight the things that they do within technologies like development, cloud, AI, and things that we think is fun in our industry. So, so far, I don't have so much, we don't have so much episodes. I think we have about like, more or less 10 or something because we do it in our free time but otherwise uh it's been it's been fun hearing stories from what we interviewed so far and uh, it's uh i believe it's creating inspiration around
2: yeah that's the best part i think about doing podcasts speaking to people and figuring out what they're doing and learning all about their stuff so that's brilliant Honest, honestly, yeah. that's awesome.
1: Yes. And it's pretty casual when we do our podcast because usually, of course, we plan the topic. But when we do the podcast, we 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 do kind of like highlight. It's the, the stage of the podcast is with the story of the person we're interviewing with and then share what he or she has to share to, to others that might inspire, depending on the technology.
2: Very cool. Um, I wanted to ask you, obviously I'm a bit of an Azure fanboy. what's, what's the Azure community like in Sweden where you're living currently? What's it like there?
1: The, the Azure community. community. Yeah. Yes. Oh, great question. We do have a uh, see, see. uh, I'm an Azure, uh, MVP a Microsoft MVP for Azure. And I think we are only about 14, I think MVPs, uh, I think 11, I think. Twelve, fourteen. I haven't checked the two twenty twenty-three. Some are, some MVPs moved to another category. But I we are only fourteen MVPs. I'm the only i f- I'm not to boast, but I am humbled that I'm the only f- female uh Azure MVP in Sweden. So I'm really making a difference with what I do. But in terms of Azure community, we do have some user groups, like for example, south of Sweden, there's Azure con. And then the community that I built uh, during the pandemic, which is virtual, uh, it's Azure User Group Sweden up north, like because I live in mid-north Sweden in the Sundsvall area. So we have uh, this community that I built virtually, and then there's uh, some communities uh, in Stockholm area. So there are communities around uh and uh, there's always room for improvement to reach out more uh, around and MVPs and community leaders like me are 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 doing the 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 community work and to spread out the knowledge and inspiration.
0: Nice. Yeah, I uh, it's uh, I've always liked Sweden. Um so yeah. I I I've I've been been there a, a couple of times, but mainly around Stockholm, so uh, oh. ne- never had the chance to sort of see any of the uh, the tech community, yes. uh, uh, user yes. groups, or anything like that. Though, unfortunately. Um, so, be- between your your community work, your podcast, uh, your your day job, um, what would you say is your your career highlight so far? You know, is the one thing that you're most proud of.
1: Yeah, my career uh, highlight in terms of work work-wise as a consultant is uh i believe my role in my consulting job in my client working as a cloud devops engineer lead leading the team of that because i came from a developer background so i've been like coding c sharp but when you get into the infrastructure and cloud part devops part you get to you get to really uh like expand your skills in terms of communication collaboration and learning how to translate uh this uh the communication between developers communication between infrastructure engineers or devops engineers understanding the team perspective and then the business perspective and I really like that. And I think that's one of the best uh, best part of my role, uh, being able to help others do the job that I do, that I supposed to do in my role, and also to assist those that are being blocked in their current tasks, and I have the power capacity to unblock them so the team moves forward. So that's what I love the most career-wise. And other career-wise outside consulting job is I'm proud that I was able to start, or uh, about to publish my book, Learning Microsoft Azure with O'Reilly, that I've been working on during my evenings after work, during my weekends, and uh, and uh, and free time for the past two years since I started uh, the project with O'Reilly. Jonah,
2: where do you find the time to do all of this? It doesn't like you have free that's time. A,
1: that's, a, the, that's a good question. I, I Actually, the time is uh, is actually not so much for my side. I wish I could just do the cloning, just like what we do with repos. I could clone myself. But uh, what, uh, the time is something that I have that's limited because I have this different things going on as an MVP work and... I also have a personal life as well. But what I try to do is to keep the balance. And uh, one big factor that helped me sustain what I do is my passion, because I'm doing this because I am really passionate uh, about about sharing knowledge. And if I do this, I kind of get energized as well, because I don't just get energized because I inspire and share it to others, but I also learn also by sharing. So, uh, but at the, the time-wise, uh, I am in the process of balancing, learning how to say no in some things and saying yes to what is what is the things that are should be prioritized and matters most <laughs> if you know what I mean. Gregory. Yeah, that, that's a
2: fantastic answer. Um yeah. went off went
1: off script with that question. Uh <laughs> we'll, we'll come
2: back to your book in a in a later question. But um what did they ask you? You obviously work with a lot of different technologies. Is there any technology that you've used recently or that's coming down the line that you're really excited about? Is there anything that kind of gets your juices flowing and, and gets you excited
1: yeah yes yeah. so i've been working like uh for example with terraform in my job uh, i've been working infrastructure as code aside from cloud i mean working with Azure development and part of the infrastructure job or task i do is like coding terraform for infrastructure as code but the new technologies in the microsoft stock that i think is very interesting is uh the Azure developer cli that i i think i blogged about once and I think this uh, soon I will be speaking about it in a conference uh, again. Uh, first time I talked about it was a few years ago in Microsoft Build Sweden. They asked me to speak about uh, the topic, but what I'm excited about it is the, the ability to code, the uh, infrastructure's code, for example, Bicep, and then the Azure pipelines, not just Azure, but also GitHub, the, the CICD part of the project, and then the source code, which combines the front-end and the back-end in one solution, which actually in, helps uh, developer productivity at the same time, collaboration between different teams from infra or DevOps and developer uh, themselves. So that's what I'm excited about. And of course there's a lot of things, containers, there's a lot of things going on in the Azure side and uh, other side as well. Yes, a lot of great things with tech. <laughs>
0: Nice. Um, I I actually saw your posts on on the uh, Azure Developer CLI there the other day and I think Gregor was talking to me about it as well. Um, It does look really, really cool. I mean, apart from your own blog, are there any other kind of resources that you'd recommend people to look at for it or um, places to go?
1: Yeah, aside from the blog, of course, uh there is a Microsoft Learn is actually a good uh source of um of documentation in terms of Azure Developer CLI. And I think uh on Azure Friday by Scott Hanselman, he has an episode, one of the recent episodes for the past months, uh where uh he, he interviewed one of the product team members. uh, I think I forgot her name, but there is a good demo and presentation about uh, how Azure developers CLI can be used uh, in real projects. And when I was in Build a few weeks ago in Microsoft Build uh, Sweden, Microsoft Office, someone in the audience asked me, what is it good for? Uh, so it was a good question because like every time new technologies comes in, you always get the question. I already have this working one. Why should I choose that other than what I have? (laughs) So it was a great question. So the question I had was, uh, what is this, what is a good use case for Azure developer CLI and I did answer that it's pretty good, uh, in terms of proof of concept, uh, in teams that are still getting started in. Uh, cloud development, but want to speed up the process, so they have this like uh, like a template or a boilerplate pl- template that they can get started, spin up right away, and adopt the Azure Developer CLI templates into their own use case and customize it as as they want. So it's it's one of the good use cases that I I could recommend also to the listeners of this podcast.
2: Yeah, brilliant. I've been speaking to a couple of people about this recently, and it's really, really good. Yeah, because I yeah. think I always think that people struggle to glue these services together, and this is makes a good job of gluing like the whole the whole solution together. Yeah, yeah. So that's yes.
1: Really, yeah, I agree because if very so, someone like for example, I'm a developer when I get into a project or let's say a feature that we want to have a proof of concept, sometimes you have this like uh, your infrastructure code. Uh, infrastructure code, Terraform or Visev is on the other repo, the pipelines is in GitHub or Azure DevOps, and then the source code is in another repo, source control. So it's like spread out. But if you're new, you're going to be like panicking, looking around, where is it? Where are you going to connect these puzzles? But if you have one repo for everything, then it's going to make you more effective, and there's already a blueprint for you to start with, with your team. So yeah. I, that's what I like about it. Maybe there are some uh, pros and cons, but this is good. Yeah, no, good <laughs> so
2: Yeah, that was a very good way of putting it. Yeah, I never really thought of it like that. Um, yeah. So I help run the Azure, the Glasgow Azure User Group. You run the um, the Azure User Group for Sweden. Tell us about that and how is it? How do you find it? Is it easy to find speakers? Is it? Is it? How do? How do you find running the user group?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, So Azure User Group Sweden is a user group that I started uh, because of bravery (laughs) during the pandemic uh, when everyone was working from home, including myself. So in my area, in mid-North Sweden, since Val Sweden, I see some IT companies and other developers I know within my area, but there is no Azure User Group for for Asher uh, for Asher. So during the pandemic I decided to create one and I didn't know how to create one but I know I need to use meetup, I need to have a streamyard and a session to deliver and a speaker. So to make the long story short uh 2 years ago I just decided to use my own money, start meetup, streamyard and then I don't have a co-host. I don't have a a community partner. So my first episode of that user group during the COVID times was myself as an organizer and myself as a speaker sharing about Azure Fundamentals. And looking back two years ago to now, uh, the group has grew, I think, from zero to just me to 700 members on uh, Meetup. And then I also have another MVP, Håkan uh, Silvernagel from uh, from Norway. He is an AI MVP who helped me like, hey, Jonah, do you need help? We can co-host together this. So we do it bi-weekly. And thank God, of course, thanks that there's, uh, there's uh, Sessionize for communities like us. So I got a free Sessionize to create a CFP. So I did create a CFP page. And we do actually have, I think, two hundred, more or less, two hundred sessions uh, on queue because MVPs are like, "Hey, Jonah, you want to talk to your user group?" Because it's virtual, uh, you know, it's like it was like virtual work that time. So I, I got, I'm not, I'm not running out of speakers actually, to be honest. It's more on queue. So that's really amazing that our community members as well that have never spoken. In a virtual setup or stage before, are volunteering like five members say, "Hey, we want to share and speak also," and we do mentor them. Hakan and I do mentorship on the side uh, before they get online with us. Yeah, so that's, that's a story, powerful. and it's still it's still here. We have I have a session coming up uh, tomorrow uh, in this month.
2: <laughs> yeah, good for you. That's awesome. Absolutely brilliant. Well yes.
1: Done. It works better if it's virtual, but if it's in person, it's not easy. I think you can relate, uh, Gregor. It's not easy to set up and find speakers for in-person event and even attendees as well. So there's a, a flexibility there in terms of virtual, but after the COVID, people want to go back, see people. So it's about finding balance between hybrid and virtual in community groups today.
0: yeah i think that that's it's it's good that you've got that kind of uh backlog of people wanting to speak though so that's uh, really good uh yeah. talking kind of about your uh desire to sort of uh, present and sort of teach people to azure um you you mentioned your book previously sort of learning microsoft azure um and and how how did you find kind of writing that book and and more importantly did you get to pick the animal on the front yourself or is is that something i really kind of keep to themselves
1: yeah that's a that's an amazing question so first of all uh, i didn't actually plan to write a book I didn't know. I mean, I was thinking of writing a book about my life before I retire, but I'm too young. <laughs> Just kidding. But at writing a technical book was not something I planned until like uh, five, six years ago, I was involved in a cloud migration project in one of my previous consulting jobs and i was just asked to test like jonah we have this dotnet legacy application non-documented it's very old it's like spaghetti code but we want to move to Azure because our uh kind of like on-prem server is facing out uh so we decided to choose Azure, and in that migration journey that spanned almost a year i was like involved as like uh Uh, our architect doing the role, I supposed to be just coding, but I ended up doing databases, architecture, doing Azure, and recoding everything, lift and shift, we tried everything. But in that project, we tried uh, many options in moving that legacy application to the cloud, but it didn't went to production because the client who are using the applications didn't feel so confident about moving to the cloud. And then my colleagues or the team members around me, even the leadership, isn't so confident about the solution itself either. So there was something wrong. And I did a lot of hours of work in making it work because we were actually close to success. It worked, but they stopped the production deploy. I learned a lot from it uh, in that way, which led me to write ideas that, hey, uh, organizations and developers or teams need to learn more about cloud. So what I did, I didn't know how to write a book. I reached out to Rayleigh, looked for their contact us. I want to write a book. And then I ended up, uh, after waiting a few months, I got a contact with them. It became a project. And to answer the second question about the book cover, I didn't get to choose that in my <laughs> submission or proposal. He said, uh, you get random covers when depending on when your cover is deployed. So originally I asked, I want to have a dog because I'm a dog lover, but then I <laughs> didn't get it. But uh, I got a hyacinth macaw, which is the uh, biggest uh, macaw or parrot in the world, and it's blue. And I like it because it matches Asher and my favorite color.
2: Yeah, the cover looks amazing. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's really, really good. It's why I thought you might have got to pick it, as in it's sort of it fits yeah. the uh, the theme really well.
1: Yes, yeah, it is. So I'm glad that I got one that uh, I like to see every day, or readers like to see every day. <laughs> yes,
2: Jonah, just a quick question: Would you write another book? Do you think, or has this been quite a lot of effort?
1: Oh, not right away, I think. I think I would wait a few years. (laughs) Or maybe if I would write a book in the next year or two, I would write a book about something more soft skills or maybe non-technical. But otherwise, it's been a good good project. I learned a lot. And one of the learnings I have, of course, the more you write about the topic, just like speaking, the more you share about it, the more you learn yourself as well. But the other part that i learned is communication between different people that you work with and also learning how to accept feedback because when you write a book you get technical review feedback and that would really test hey uh you wrote this this should be something else and that would really allow you to do a self-check about what you wrote. So that's, that's a good thing. So yeah, I'll wait another year before I write another one.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't blame me. Don't blame me. Um, So we recently met up for the very first time at Experts Live in Prague. Did you enjoy Prague? Did you enjoy Experts Live? Tell us all about that.
1: Yes, I did enjoy uh, Experts Live. So I was given the opportunity by Expert Live's uh, organizer. EC most specially invited me to be part of the uh, Expert uh, Live's asked the Expert for uh, Cloud Azure Migration. And I really enjoyed being in Prague for the first time, even though it was just like few days. And I also enjoyed uh, meeting you, Gregor, and uh, everyone from the Cloud family. Nicholas Chang was also like presenting. So it was a a great, uh, great conference and great to be there first time. And I really enjoyed all the fun we did there (laughs) with the community.
0: Cool. Uh, Do you have any more presentations planned or any other conferences that you want to to go to and speak at?
1: Yes, uh, I do have one coming up in Sweden. So in the 26th or 25th of October, I will be at a Swetog conference. It's a .NET conference uh, for developers locally in Sweden, south of Sweden. And it's Swito Gothenburg and there I will be speaking about Azure developer CLI in a bigger perspective in a developer perspective than what I spoke about an MS build. So I have that and then in November I have the ESPC also I will speak about what are when not to use serverless in in development, in project. And then December, I have European Cloud Summit, where, where I will speak about uh, my cloud migration journey uh, that led me to write this book as well. So I have one, at least one conference per month, because at the beginning of the year, I had like three conferences in a month and it was too much. So I'm slowing down. <laughs>
2: very cool jonah i've got a question that's just on the top of my head um yes you're you're obviously a very passionate person what advice Mm -hmm. would you give (laughs) to people who want to kind of follow in your footsteps so if someone wanted to get started in getting into the community in the way that you do what sort of advice would you give some people because i think a lot of people struggle with nerves doing speaking and, and stuff like that have you got any kind of good advice or tips for people wanting to get do a bit more
1: yeah, that's a very uh, relevant and great question, Gregor. Because uh, before I answer, I myself actually very is was very shy on stage. Uh, I didn't start public speaking until I got exposed to teaching uh, kids programming in school here in Sweden. And I said, oh, I really need to get myself on stage, make a difference and show that hey, tech is fun. But to answer your question, I would uh, advise them first that before you get into anything, to find your purpose and find your why, why you want to do public speaking or sharing knowledge. And once you know why you want to do it, you have that motivation or uh, something that you keep inside yourself uh, to do what you want. Because if you know your purpose, hey, because my purpose, for example, is I want to get on stage because I want to share the knowledge that I have learned or mistakes that I have to others so that they themselves also can inspire others like I do, like to pay it forward. And if I have that motivation and every time I get on stage, that kind of like inspired me to just uh, keep doing. And then it's more inspiring when you hear it from feedback from others as well. So find your why. And then once you find your why, just take baby steps, small steps, and then if you don't know where, which path to go in those stuff, ask for a mentor or ask a friend that's like uh, better than you and be close to those that are passionate people as well, because you, you want to be part of it. So like the cloud family or the community.
0: That's, uh, I think that's some very good advice. Um, I think that's a very good place to, to to wrap up today. So thank you, Jonah, for joining us. Uh, where can folks find you online?
1: Uh, they can find me on uh, LinkedIn. So I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Jonah Anderson. And I'm also on Twitter, or X now, <laughs> as at CJ Codere. Uh, and then uh, I also have a website, jonahanderson.tech, where they can find me uh all the links that i have that's great
0: um, thank you everybody for joining us uh, see you all next time take care
1: thank you everyone for listening